0: What's up Chelsea fans and welcome to episode 6 of the Romans Empire podcast. I'm joined by my good friend Sam and all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. So today we have a packed episode. We're going to be covering all the top preseason stories along with the latest transfer news and rumors and we'll also be assessing the last of our top four rivals, Liverpool. But before we get started, um, I just want to say a quick thank you to all of those listeners out there who gave us a gave us a listen and gave us their insight and um, some positive criticism and, you know, just suggestions and questions and feedback. It's it's honestly so humbling and so great to know that people out there are uh, just as interested in Chelsea as we are. Um, I know Sam has a couple of words to say, but again, we're, we're incredibly humbled and we're incredibly thankful. So thank you guys for that.
1: Yeah, specifically, thank you to the Reddit community at Chelsea FC. Also, we've gotten a lot of feedback on Twitter. You know, Zach, you and I have been talking Chelsea almost every day for the past six years. And, you know, when you originally pitched the idea of starting a podcast, I thought it was a no-brainer. You know, it's going to it come natural given our love for the club and, you know, the chemistry mm-hmm. that comes with being such good friends for so long. Uh, I just didn't think that we'd get this much of a following and this much feedback this early and you know, I wanted to thank you specifically, Zach, for putting, you know, the work into to you know putting this pod- podcast together week after week. Uh, you know, our team is literally just us too. So writing, producing, recording, marketing. It's just it's all us. Especially, you know, we started at a time where not a lot of stuff is going on. Um, so, you know, oh, yeah. it's been a great experience. It's, uh, it's it's been you know, awesome we've been getting better week after week and, and you know i look forward to continuing to grow you know we still suck but it's getting better <laughs> i think that i think that's the yeah we, story we here, suck right? less now that's we suck that's what less. I we still say. suck
0: we're probably gonna suck
1: forever yeah i mean th- our last week's episode we got over 200 plays which is by far the most and you that's know, over 120 in our first 24 hours,
0: which our previous record was only like 74 or 75. So okay. yeah, it's it's been
1: an amazing ride so far, and I'm really excited oh, to yeah. yeah for you know the season to get started, and us really you know to get start talking about Chelsea. All right, so enough with the mushy stuff. I think we should just
0: dive right into it, right? Yeah, let's do it. So preseason so far, it's been going okay. I mean, I mean, you know, we, we picked up a couple wins, we picked up a loss against Bayern, but. I know the first thing we want to dive into, and I and I know you're really anxious to talk about it, is a uh, Michi Michi Bachway. Yes, so he's really impressing everyone. Oh um, yeah, he seems to either score or assist in every single game, and you know, based on what we've seen, he's not only scoring tap ins, but he's spinning defenders. He's scoring with his left foot, his right foot, finessing it into that corner, um, scoring off corners. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of impact do you think a good preseason is going to have on Batshuayi heading into the season.
1: You know, I was really worried about a, like a sophomore slump. His second year, he, you know, all he came off a really good year last year, and if he was well, limited playing time, That's I mean, right. he didn't play
0: a lot, but he had when he did play, he played well. And
1: I have a feeling that if he came into this preseason and didn't perform, that everyone would be talking about how last year was just an anomaly, and you know, yeah. see, like he's not, he's not really what everyone made him out to be, but. Um, this is gonna give him a lot of confidence. And he's playing he is he's in great shape right now. He's playing oh, yeah. in an amazing form. Um I think he is gonna obviously gonna get a bigger role this year. We've talked about this before, but you know, with us being in Champions League, he's gonna have more playing time, obviously. But um mid- I think his midweek I, matches I think that his playing in this preseason has maybe given Conte a little bit of faith in starting him and uh Marauder together as, you know, a potential first team. You know, he does do better when he's in a two-striker mm-hmm. set, batch yeah.
0: specifically. I mm-hmm.
1: mean, we'll see how the season goes. We'll see how, yeah. you know, if, if this top play keeps up. Um, but, you know, from what I've seen in this preseason, I'm really excited. It's something to look forward to. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like, a lot of people have been giving him criticism because they're thinking, why the hell are we spending $30 million on a player who's just going to come off of our bench? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've said it time and time again, and I know me and Sam always discussed this even before we started the podcast. If you're coming from a foreign league, there's an adaptation period where you got to give the player some sort of leeway, especially in a league that's not too competitive like the French League. Oh, yeah. It's very top heavy. I mean, there's only maybe two or three teams that are decent, you know, so I'm excited for him coming into this season, you know, he's scoring a lot of different goals and the the goals he's scoring are beautiful mm-hmm. did you see the did you see the one against Arsenal oh yeah he spun his defender flicked it onto his left foot and just
1: nestled it in the back corner I mean fiFA esque yeah or? it's finesse and then he's got some you know power goals and just like his vision of you know laying the ball off and just getting assists. He's getting too. assists as well, um, and, and and that's really encouraging. It looks like he's not, yeah, he's not self, he's not a selfish striker, but he's also scoring. I think I think this is a blessing in
0: disguise, especially with Hazard's injury too. You know, um, yeah, couldn't have come at a better I, time. Yeah, this, this kind of play, and I think it's a no brainer that you know everybody and, and their mother knows that William and Pedro are going to start alongside Murata. Mm-hmm. Um, Once a season comes underway, but, you know, having a guy who's coming off such a good preseason with positive performances like Mm Batshuayi coming off of the bench is just going to give Conte another option and it's going to give him some selection headaches down the line. I think, which is a good thing. It's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah. You know, another player that's been performing pretty well in this preseason is Jeremy Boga. Um, you know, he came into, he came in, uh, when Pedro got injured in the arsenal match, uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Pedro that injury later, but um, Jeremy Jeremy Boga really impressed in that game in China, and uh, and he played so well that he even earned himself a starting spot uh, for the match in Singapore, um, where he played pretty well as well. Uh, we we talked about him in a couple a uh, couple episodes ago um, about you know how we haven't seen much of him, and you know there's there he has a lot of potential, and we'd we'll just like to see him play a little bit to get a better idea of. You know, what kind of player he is. Zach, now that you've seen him play a couple times, what is that picture that you have of him? Um, You know, he
0: has had a couple positive performances. He, you know, he came off for Pedro in the Arsenal match uh, after Ospina's challenge on Pedro. And I just want to go ahead and say something about Ospina really quick. I mean, this isn't like the first time that he's gone into a challenge a little bit too hard, you know. It's preseason man like like lighten up a little yeah. bit but going back to Jeremy Boga um he's played well I mean there's really nothing else to say about the guy physically on the field he looks like a Premier League player his stature the way he runs with the ball he could hold off defenders but he also has that technical ability um Conte did a straight swap for him so he was playing on the wing but I noticed he does like to tuck inside a lot and almost play as that number 10 yeah. which I have no problem with, you know, he came on, he looked positive, he ran at
1: defenders, he beat defenders, he won the ball, he connected passes, linked up play. Especially at a time right now where our midfield is kind of thin, uh if we have a, we can have a player like him play at that 10 or, you know, anywhere else in the midfield, like that would be amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as he's playing in front of a in front of a double pivot, I think there's definitely an option there for him to play as the number 10. You know, how much playing time he'll get during the season? Probably not so much. I think if he does come into the squad and Conte decides to take him aboard, he won't be anything more than a loft cheek was for us last last year. Um, But, you know, he will offer us a lot going into cup competitions. He looks like a hard worker physically. He looks very fit. He looks committed to, you know, staying healthy. Um I'm excited about him and you know I know a lot of the Chelsea community is very excited about him as well. So I'm I'm glad we're we're getting a really good look at him this time around.
1: Yeah, I mean I I agree with you from what I've saw I think that he has a lot of potential and he holds the ball really well. You know, he he drew a lot of good fouls. He's just I don't know, he's just a good player to have on the on the pitch and uh I think that he has. I think he's. It's very likely, if not a guarantee, that he's going to be making the first team at this point.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I think at uh the debate right now is, do you think that he's going to be starting on day one, like on on our actual roster with Pedro out and Hazard out? Mm,
0: I don't think so. I think I don't. I don't even think he might make that match day squad the first game of the Mm -hmm. season. Um, I think Conte would rather use other options as opposed to Boga. Um, So let's say Pedro is out going into the Arsenal match. Um, I do think that he'll maybe start with Murata and Batshuayi up top. Um, or maybe even put Murata as a straight replacement for Pedro because he could play out wide. He could fill that void, but really, it'll be, just be almost a two. Even if set. they don't,
1: even if they don't do that, the first game, I feel like he'll, that, he'll that, that lineup will be used some out, sometime throughout the season. Yeah, I
0: mean, I mean, I definitely think he might get minutes throughout the season. The main thing is that you know we do have one more preseason game against Inter. He has to perform in that game. That's the biggest game of his career because you know you could come, anybody could come into preseason and play well. We see it happen a lot, but then when the season starts, you know, things things change. So this game going in going into uh that we're going into against Inter, excuse me,
1: it's gonna be big for him and um I'm really looking forward to it and seeing if he could impress. Yeah, Chelsea fans should keep an eye on him and uh, see how he performs. Um another player that uh another player that debuted for us uh in that game in China, Murata yep, came in finally. at halftime. Um he seemed to have a little bit of rust, uh, you know, since he hasn't played since Champions League expected, final. Yeah, um, he did hold up the ball well. He linked up, played. He even had an assist. Uh, laid it off to Baturi off a fl- uh, flicked header. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's pretty nice to see those two strikers working together. And you know, we already talked about Baturi getting all these assists. And yeah. it's nice to see Murata's first game. You know, th- those strikers getting assists. That's not that's not very common, but it's nice mm-hmm. to see. It's interesting. You know, one thing that stands out for me with
0: Maratha is not necessarily something that was on the pitch during his uh, debut. Like you said, he did have a lot of rest, um, but he looked good. He looked he looked like um, he was making the right decisions. He looked like he knew what his role was in the setup, um, which isn't a surprise because he's played for Conte before. But going back, um, something that stands out for me is his antics off the field. So the first day he came in, he took a picture with all the Spaniards on the team. Um, today, this morning, he uh, a video came out where they were taking corner kicks. I think it was him, Batshuai, Fabregas, and I want to say Lewis Baker. But all those guys are just hanging out at the corner flag trying to bend in corners. And Maratha bent in his corner, high-fived everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's really nice to see a striker molding with the squad so fast and creating that chemistry you know he came from real madrid he comes from a team that doesn't have it, that doesn't stand for any bs in the locker room he played for conte before um and and conte is no different mm. um he just looks like a really good team guy he looks like he he has good spirits he's very positive he mm. gets along with the team um we know he has we know he has talent we know he's quality mm. um and whether that translates to the premier league or not is is up for debate but you know just looking at this next question here my prediction for him for the season, I'm going to say somewhere between 12 and 15 goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Conte is going to rotate the squad a lot more now that he has more faith with Batshuayi. Um, he is new to the Premier League. He could succeed in the Premier League. But again, that adaptation period, the Premier League is very physically demanding. And there's a lot of games in very little time, especially around the holiday season. So mm-hmm. I think wear and tear is going to kick in
1: his first season. Uh, I, I said last week, and I stand by it. I think 15 goals is the benchmark. That's the starting point because he's he's able to score 15 goals last year mm-hmm. and, and only 14 starts and 26 appearances. So, um he's going to get his he's going to get more starts this year. Um I think 15 is the ben- is is the starting point and he's going to be going. Yeah. I think I mean, he'll I, have more than that. I I I, I he'll contend for leading goal scorer yeah. probably this year.
0: I mean, I say 12 to 15 goals. Um for me, that's the minimum. Like you said, that's the mm-hmm. benchmark. If he scores more, I'm not going to be surprised.
1: He's a quality player. So yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Do you think that Morata is better suited for a role by himself, alone on top, or uh, playing alongside a second striker? Well, we know he could play up top alone um yeah we've seen that
0: we've seen it before at Real this year they did adapt their lineup a little bit so when Murata was getting time he was usually playing with either Cristiano or he was playing alone um so he's done both what I'm more curious about is whether he could coexist with Batshuayi on the field because we've seen Batshuayi play really well with another striker mm-hmm. and, um and you know if if Conte does have the opportunity to play both of them I'm really curious to see how that chemistry pans out. Well, I
1: mean, if if this first game wasn't enough for you, we'll see how the rest... We'll see how it goes. Because, you know, just that layoff to the header, I mean, that that right there, that looks like some good chemistry. And, you know, we've talked about how Batshuayi, we feel that plays a lot better the second striker. Uh, Murata, you know, adding that assist with him, I feel like... He's comfortable working with another guy up top, and I I would love to see that. You know, this is like th- this is one of those things that happens every preseason,
0: and every single Chelsea fan could attest to this. Is like you go into the preseason, you see players play well. Last year was Victor Moses, mm-hmm. and it's hard not to get hyped about him. And this is the diehard Chelsea fan in you saying, "Get hyped!" Like like this is this is big. This is good. The same thing with Boga and Bachiwai this preseason. But then there's the logical side where you have to think, you know, this is preseason. Mm-hmm. The other teams aren't trying to win matches. The other managers aren't trying to win an International Champions Cup trophy. Yeah. What they're trying to do is figuring out who they need in their squad, what their best starting 11 is, what their best impact sub is, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But to say don't get
1: excited is, is too rash. Yeah. I
0: say get excited, but manage your
1: expectations. Yeah, take everything with a grain of salt. Exactly, exactly. Um, I think... Speaking of a grain of salt, yeah. Some Mm -hmm. one salty boy right now is Kennedy. Um, He got sent home uh, from China after uh, a very offensive post that he made on Instagram Mm -hmm. uh, in regards to China, the country, the nation of China. Um, So, what do you think about that whole scenario? Bad business. Um, we're trying to build a $500 million. He should, he should know better, right? I mean, does he, he have any excuse? No, no, no. You
0: know what? There is no excuse. And, and and we were talking about this before we went on air. You know, something that Chelsea does, you know, and every every professional team, every professional sports franchise, they brief their players on what to post on social media, what not to post on social media, what topics to stay away from, mm-hmm. you know? And it just baffles me. Like, it's just very not only inconsiderate to China, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's stupid. Yeah. And it's blatant and there's no way out of this for him. Um, however the club sees fit to reprimand him, they already sent him home. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are saying his writing's on the wall. I won't be surprised if he's on his way out. I won't be happy that he's on his way out because I was always very high up on him as a player. But in terms of a character, in terms of his character, this is a major flaw, you know. And, and again, there, there are people saying, you know, the literal translation from Brazilian Portuguese sounds a lot more harsh. And, you know, the way it's said it, in Portuguese. It is doesn't more, matter. It's the context. You know, Everyone ju- knows. I'm not justifying it. You're, like no, I said. You, I know
1: you're not trying to justify it, but Kennedy tried to justify it. And that, that I think that he was completely wrong. I that. think I just think it's, stupid. I mean, yeah, I really do. China is a huge market obviously. And mm-hmm. Chelsea's trying to grow there. He a hundred percent should have known better. And, uh, I'm not sure if it's, it's enough for Chelsea to completely send him out. Um, I think that, you know, what he can provide to the team. Cause he, he you know, there's a lot of talk about how well he, he was going to perform this year. Um, uh, there's a lot of high hopes for Kennedy and, um, I think that this move, it, in the eyes of the board, it may be enough to just send them off because it's bad PR for the, the Chinese market. Uh, but um, I think that it, it might blow over, just like most controversies, they blow over over time.
0: I mean, I'll, that's the hope, and you know, like I said, we'll see what happens yeah. if the club does decide to axe them and, and move them on. You know, there's, I'm not gonna. That wouldn't kill. That wouldn't kill that. us. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of transfer rumors, because that does kind of tie in, Antonio Conte had some pretty interesting words to say about Harry Kane, huh? Mm -hmm. So for those of you that don't know, um, I'm just going to read off the quote really quick and you can kind of make of it as you wish, but here's what he said. And I quote, if I had to buy one striker, I would go to Kane. He's a complete striker. He is strong physically and with the ball without the ball. He fights. And he's strong in the air and acrobatic on the right and the left. He is a complete player. And, and this quote.
1: this is coming after a season where he 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 stated that he doesn't like to talk about teams on. I mean players on other teams. Yeah, it happened like, with Lukaku. Yeah, I mean right now, like it it's, it seems weird that he's talking about this a couple of days after you know paying ninety million pounds for Murata. But you know, I mean, I, the point. I feel like the point he's trying to get here is that. He's gonna to try to go after him. I don't know. It's it's, the, it's, it's very cryptic. It's it's not. It is it's very not. Cryptic. It's not I mean, Conte like. No, n- not Conte like at all. And
0: as much as I hate Tottenham, there's no denying like that. Well, Harry Kane is top class. Right? Probably the best so, striker
1: in the Premier League. I yeah, mean, in
0: my opinion, he yeah. is so. If we do go after someone like this, you know, it's it's really hard to speculate. Like, like I almost don't want to say if we go after someone like this because it sounds ridiculous. The idea of it just sounds ridiculous right now.
1: Especially the timing after getting Murata. But I mean, maybe
0: this is some coded message to the board. The work isn't done yet. There's still plenty of holes in the squad and I know we're going to get into it later. But maybe this is maybe this is the
1: beginning of, you know, something big. I mean, it's interesting timing. This is coming up around the same times that... Yeah. A lot of uh, Hazard rumors start coming up again. I mean... Well, I know the club have shot them down. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to do whatever we can to keep Hazard just because he's top class. But, but the rumor still... It's, you know, it's, it's
0: always going to be there with him. So, I mean... Th- and But you it, know what? A, At the same time, you could say that about Harry Kane. I mean, another top class player. Yeah. Maybe not on the
1: same level as Hazard, but... So, I mean... He's that, always going to be linked away with a bigger move to mm-hmm. a bigger club. I mean, maybe that, that bigger thing, it's a possibility mm-hmm. that we move on from Hazard and we bring in Harry Kane. But who knows? That's... This is all speculation, speculation at this point, but yeah. um, he also had some interesting things to say about Bakayoko. Conte yeah, talked a
0: lot. There's a lot he had a lot to say, and, and and it's very interesting. So you know he had a lot to say about Bakayoko, and in particular the exit of Chaloba. Um, so here here is this quote, and again make of it what you will. So I quote: Why replace Chaloba with Bakayoko? you are talking about one player who has played with Monaco who has maybe 100 appearances for that club. He has played in the Champions League and has played regularly. Try to understand the difference before you judge. People who do, do not understand the difference. Mm -hmm. So he's firing shots at everyone, giving him criticism for this whole Bakiyoko purchase. Again, Mm -hmm. people always went out and the Twitter world was going crazy. And I was kind of alongside with them and saying, we went out and we bought a guy like Bakioko who has very, very similar skill sets to Chaloba in terms of being a dynamic box-to-box midfielder. Um, You know, he he seems fired up about it. And he felt the need to justify his decision, and he did it. And this is something that I admire in a manager because we had enough mind games with Jose, you know, and prior managers, we've had mind games. And with Conte, he seems to be very, very honest with the press.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is worrying me a little bit. Uh, I think it's 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 kind of pointing to signs that Conte is pretty reluctant to promote the youth. I mean, he added on another quote. I'll just read it. He says, "Sometimes I think that the young players lose their patience very quickly. A lot of times because of parents or the people around these players." End quote. Um, and you know, he makes he makes a very good point. Right now, we're we're trying to win Champions League this season. I don't think that. Um, you know, chaloba really fits in that time frame. You know, I mean, giving up Choloba, we're not talking about giving up Messi, giving up Ronaldo. You know, I mean, although we, you know, he has a quality, he's a quality player with a lot of potential. Um, but you know, I, you know, in two three years there'll be another player just as you know, as formidable as Choloba. Pretty sure we have Come, a buyback clause on him as well. Okay, and and you know, it's Bakayoko has that experience. We need that this season, and. You know, it, it, he makes a very good point. The criticism right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but the money, I mean, that, that, that's just, if the board said it's okay, you know, they're the ones who who are like, you know, worried about the money. If they're saying it's okay, then the fans have nothing to worry about. Yeah. You know, last season, he didn't really do this too much. He
0: he refused to talk about the Costa situation. Mm-hmm. He, you know, a lot of transfer speculation he shot down, but These last couple quotes that we've been reading, i mean, this is a different side of Conte that we haven't seen before. Yeah. And these are the kind of quotes that he was saying before he left Juventus Mm. and where he clashed with the board. He didn't get the players he wanted and he left, coming off three consecutive league titles. So worrying maybe. I'm not going to look too far into it because the squad still is a work in progress. And, you know, it does tie in with our next topic. You know, a lot of speculation going around that, the club is ready to sign three or four new players. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there is still a lot of cover that still needs to be done. So where do we still need cover? I think it's pretty obvious. I think we need some wing backs, mm-hmm. um, both on the right and the left, and we need
1: to reinforce our midfield, maybe even a backup strikers in order as well. Yeah, the names that have been connected, um, Tom Davies, not, not so much, but that name has been brought up, Ross Barkley, Oxley Chamberlain, alexandra of course, Fernando llorente as well, um Virgil van Dyke who we've talked about before, um, Ryan Bertrand as well. Um alexandra hasn't gone away. Yeah, I mean yeah. I you you s I think that your mindset is the same mindset as Conte's right now. Number one priority is a wing back, and I think that until we get Alexandro uh, this this talk isn't gonna stop. So, so you think it's gonna happen? I think I think it's inevitable, and I think yeah. that's just a matter of Chelsea coming to the point and saying, "Fine, I'll give you that much," you yeah. know, to uh, transfer fee, and you know, that's that's on uh, Conte to convince the board that you know Alexandra's worth it. Um, I think that he is. I think that he's so important, like for what we need th- this upcoming season um champions league experience definitely an attack he can defend so out of all those players you know you're saying we want to add three to four players alexandro's definitely my number one choice and i think that is definitely going to happen um, i think it's everyone's number one choice at mm-hmm. this point point. and then my number two choice i think this this might be a little bit biased but i love ross barkley Yeah,
0: you've always been very high up uh-huh. on that.
1: and you know alex you know ox is is great and all. Um, I think he's more of a a winger. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that we have enough wingers right now. And then, well, he'll be our, he'll be good cover for a right wing. That's back. yeah, well, he'll be good for a wing back too. But, but again, I again, he's, he's not defensive. He yeah, offers the same thing. We have Loses enough. Does. Yeah, we have enough of that as well. I mean, and then the midfield. Um, you know, we have we have some goal scores, but they're mostly facilitators and defenders. Um, Ross Barkley is a potential goal so like you know he's a goal scoring threat. Um, so I think adding that with, to our with mid- the right guidance, if, if yeah, exactly, and you know, in this system, I think he would work out perfectly, and um, you know, putting him in the midfield will definitely add a lot to our firepower. You know, I I I'm kind of opposed to getting Rox, uh,
0: Ross Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he screams Chelsea or Conte. For that matter, I think he reeks of Tottenham. <laughs> I mean, I could just totally see Poch picking up a player right. like him, a young English player mentoring him. I mean, he has a good track record at that. Um, obviously, I agree with you. My first choice is Alexandra. I think he's key. He's, pri- you know, Marcus Alonso, don't get me wrong, he did great last season. He was huge for us, scored very important goals, mm. a lot of important performances, but there's just no denying that Alexandro is just such a huge upgrade on Alonso. And that's really uh-huh. saying something about his quality. Um, I do think we need another central midfielder. Um, in the last 24 hours, he's been heavily linked with Renato Sanchez.
1: That would be amazing. Um,
0: phenomenal. I mean, so the, he's such a he's such a good player. So it,
1: the, the details are that Bayern's confirmed that we've contacted them, right? Supposedly,
0: Conte talked to Ancelotti after our friendly um it wasn't about a permanent deal it was about a two-year loan deal whether Uh there was an option to buy or not you know it still remains to be seen i really hope that we get a two-year loan deal for him and we buy him at the end of it Mm -hmm. um i hope we don't buy him right away because he did make his big money move to bayern and he didn't really cut it last year
1: yeah i mean i feel like that big move was mostly due to his performance in the euro euro cup of course um, you know, some people say was that. Awesome. Yeah, he played. He played phenomenal. You can't yeah. deny that. But a lot of people just say, you know, that was just one competition, and you can't really base the whole entire career off of. He didn't. You know, there's a lot. There's plenty of. There's plenty of players who perform well in, uh, you know, international play who would never pan out well in and uh, club play. So he didn't really set the set the world alight in the
0: U twenty one Euros as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he played well, but but for a player of his potential a player that you know a lot of clubs really highly rate. Mm-hmm. He didn't really show too, too much quality, but a coach like Conte is very specific. He gives very specific instructions. Renato Sanchez, he, so, he kind of runs around like a chicken with his head cut off, but I think if you give him a very specific set of directions, he has a physical ability, he has the speed, he has the strength, he has a technical ability that he's still working on, I think he could be a good... Supporting option for you know one of our two midfield roles. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing this story develop. You know yeah. he's number two on my list. Um, you know a, a lot of these other names. You know Tom Davies. I don't think that's realistic. Um, no. There's I don't think there's any way that Kuban's going to get rid of you know his most promising young midfielder. Ox. I've always been very high up on him, but like we said, uh, he's very he doesn't offer much more than Victor Moses does. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Bertrand, I'd love to have him back at the club. Is he an upgrade on Alonso? I'm not too sure. Um, you know, Van Dijk looks like he's on his way to Liverpool, if anywhere. Um, Southampton's being really stubborn about that, but Chelsea has shown a you know they've shown that they want they're willing to spend money, mm-hmm. so
1: we're not done yet. No, definitely not. Um, realistically, out of that list, how many of those players do you see us bringing in? I see
0: minimum two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Conte's smart enough, you know. Bayern coming out and saying that you know they've been in contact with Chelsea over Renato Sanchez. I think that pretty much seals the fact that we're gonna get another midfielder because right now Bakioko's injured. We have Fabregas and Conte right now. as our only two healthy midfielders. Um, we do need another one. Um, I think that's a great option. Um, wing back for sure. Whether it's Alexandro, Bertrand, Ox, mm-hmm. we just need one. Um, so
1: minimum two um but I wouldn't say anything more than three or four all right um, let's move on to the next topic uh every week for the past couple of weeks uh we've been breaking down a team in the premier League um what they've how they performed last year, the moves that they made this summer, and uh how we predict that they'll perform this upcoming year this week, Zach already alluded to it uh we'll be talking about your- Burnley. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the yeah. one of the teams that's competing against Chelsea, <laughs> Burnley. Right? Imagine we talk about Burnley for <laughs> that's the next twenty five minutes of that's next pod. week. That's next week's oh uh, my podcast. God, that'd be
0: the most boring pod of all time. We would just literally be making ginger
1: jokes about Sean Dyche the whole time. Uh, so, of of course, this week we're talking about Liverpool. Uh, mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp's team finished last season in fourth place. Uh, they really limped their way um, there, honestly, towards the end of the season. Uh, they struggled throughout the season to stay healthy, and um, you know they have a lot of significant players on their team: Coutinho, Firmino, uh, the Senegalese uh, stud Sadio Mane. It's a mouthful. Huh? Senegalese, Senegalese, yeah, from Senegal. Um, he he's great. You know they have a lot of firepower. Yeah, he's, you know he's awesome. they have, however, they do have plenty of holes, and there's and you know just like Chelsea, they need a lot of cover um it's an understatement so we'll talk real quickly about um the first move uh dominic Solanke, uh he moved over from chelsea on a free transfer um what do you think about this move do you think it could have been used any use to chelsea well you know he caused a lot of controversy
0: when he was at the club last year his dad is his agent he represents him and that's usually a sign that that's not a very good thing right Mm-hmm. He wanted fifty thousand dollars a week to stay at Chelsea. Chelsea yeah, right. said no. You mm-hmm. don't even play. <laughs> um, is he quality? Hell yeah, he is. He's a, he's a smart striker. He's really good at at, at finishing. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of confused by it. I really thought that he would go to you know a mid table Premier League team and get more playing time. I don't think he's going to play that much at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, But no, I mean, I don't really, I'm not really too salty about this move. I think that we have another really great uh, striker coming through the youth ranks. You know, we have uh, Tammy
1: Abraham and Ike Ugbo, who, you know, they're both highly rated. So, not too worried about it. He definitely isn't worth that wage at this point in his career, for us at least. Yeah, Um, definitely not. So, another player that Liverpool brought in, Andrew Robertson from Hull City for a transfer fee of 9 million pounds. So, Obviously, Liverpool their biggest hole last season was left back. Um, Besides James Milner, they really didn't have anyone to fill that spot. Um, Looks like Andre Andrew Robertson is going to be filling that part. But do you think that he's good enough to take over that starting role?
0: You know that was their biggest hole last season. I think everybody acknowledged the fact that they needed either another. They needed both a defensive midfielder and a left back, and. This signing kind of confuses me. Yes, he is young. Yes, he does have a high ceiling. Um, But I think that they could have spent a little more and gotten someone with a little bit more, uh, a little bit, you know, with a a better resume, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Um, You know, on that left-hand side, they're either going to be working with Coutinho or one of Mane or, you know, Mohamed Salah, who we're going to be talking about. Is he going to overthrow Milner? Is he an upgrade? No, I don't think so. And that's not saying much because Milner not a left back. Um, could he deputize for him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll be of some use, but I think, you know, eventually they're going to have to dip into their pockets a little bit more and go out and buy someone with, with more pedigree.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime you're forced to move like a defensive mid back to the left back role, um, it's kind of hard for, you know, for him to kind of stay in shape and play every game. So them getting him is definitely good. Um, but I think that you know Milner for them is similar to Aspi for us. He's sort of a yes
0: man, right? You know,
1: he's really he good it, at deputizing anywhere on the pitch, but he's not an upgrade. On them, yeah, man. and I think I think that I think that um, although that that acquisition might be important, I think that something that Liverpool is probably more keen on is trying to sign Mohamed Salah. Um, I mean, they got him from Roma and. For a reported fee of forty-two million. Another um, another former Chelsea. Player. Yeah. Um. You know. Do you think that he's gonna suit this uh, the this style in Liverpool? You know. As a Chelsea fan, this was a signing that I was
0: praying wasn't gonna happen because. It's so hard to imagine this move not being a successful one. Um. We all remember Mohamed Salah. Yeah. We knew he had quality. He just never got in with Mourinho. That was really the only reason why I never played. It's, it wasn't because he was bad. It wasn't because you know he wasn't suited to the Premier League. I remember his only goal. I think he scored against Arsenal. That was his only goal. But anyways, you know, mm-hmm. going back to Liverpool, this is this is a guy Klopp has been linked to for a long time. You know, a typical Klopp player. You know, he's very versatile. He could play on the left wing, the right wing. Mm-hmm. He could play you know up top with another striker. He could play as a lone striker. He could operate as a false nine. Very versatile, very quick, very technical, incredibly smart. Um, he loves to set up his teammates. He's a great finisher. He's just a great all-around player. You know, this is one of those players that when Chelsea bought, I was really excited about. And when he left, I was actually pretty sad. Mm-hmm. I think he could have been of use to us. Um, but it was just such bad timing for him. You know, he came into the team when it was such a clusterfuck of a situation and mm-hmm. the dressing room
1: and whatnot. I think he's going to do well. I think it will succeed. Yeah, I mean, he had an amazing season last year uh, for Roma. He finished second in assists last year, just one behind Jose Callejon. Um, Good stat. Yeah, Yeah. 11 assists. Um, So I think that... Nothing to um, scoff at. That's a defensive league. Yeah, and, um, you know, that's something that Liverpool really needs desperately. Um, I think that he he, he could contend for one of the top assists in... uh, the Premier League this year, but I oh, think
0: that's a bold statement,
1: I, but I think that relies completely on whether Coutinho chooses to stay or not. Yeah. And, um, and it's going to
0: cause a selection headache.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we can, we can go into that now. Um, unless you have anything else you want to say about Mohamed Salah?
0: Um, no, I don't really have anything else to say about Salah. I think, you know, I think if anything, the Salah signing, if they do keep Coutinho, is going to, it's going to impact Diva Origi. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not suited the clock style of play. Um, he's a decent player, but I think Salah. We're going to see a lot of him at the false sign if Coutinho decides to stay. If not, obviously he'll probably get pushed out to the left hand side.
1: So. Yeah. So I mean, right now there's been a lot of talk Coutinho uh, rumored between you know Barcelona and PSG, and it it looks like at this point it, that depends on what where Neymar goes. You know, because yeah. they're they're great friends, and you know Neymar. Well, speaking of clusterfucks. I know. Yeah. I mean, th- this morning, that Neymar situation is getting a lot worse. So, I mean, it looks as if, you know, he's done at Barcelona and he's going to be heading to PSG. I mean, that's just... As of now. Yeah, that's just tomorrow based... Tomorrow,
0: it's going to sign
1: a contract. Into so, yeah, so, I mean, if, if I football. feel that if uh, if Neymar does decide to go to PSG, uh, there's a very, very good chance that Coutinho will follow him. Yeah, deep um, You know, Barcelona has always looked at Coutinho to be their replacement for Iniesta... But um, I think that, you know, if Neymar makes that move, that Coutinho is such good friends with him and um, he, he might follow him. Yeah. Uh, how how important do you think Coutinho is to Liverpool and how they play? He's everything to Liverpool. You know, last season we really saw them struggle, um, specifically when
0: when Coutinho was out. Teams figured out in the Premier League how to play against the Klopp side. You know, Jurgen Klopp's team has that Gagin press, so mm-hmm. very high press high energy, win the ball, high up the pitch, counterattack, nick a couple goals here and there. Yeah. But they also they also have a leaky defense, right? So teams figured out how to play against them. They said, you know, this Gagan press won't work if we sit back and we let them have the ball. Mm-hmm. They'll struggle to break us down. And when Coutinho was on the pitch, he seemed to be the only guy that could break down or find that through ball or, you know, Hit that shot from 25-30 yards yeah, out. Yeah, you can't play like that
1: when when a player like Coutinho is on the pitch.
0: Very technical, very good at breaking down. He's very good at he's, he He excels in tight spaces. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was out, they struggled to do that. Teams would sit back and hit Liverpool on the counter, and Liverpool didn't have an answer for it. I remember there was one game where Swansea beat them at Anfield, and that's exactly what Swansea did. They sat back, mm-hmm. they absorbed pressure, and they hit them on the counter attack. Um... You know, if he leaves, it's absolutely catastrophic. This is your, you know, this is also coming off the heels of Luis Suarez going to Barca, Raheem Sterling making his big money move to Man City. Liverpool, if they want to keep their reputation as one of the top clubs in England, they have to stop selling their best players and Coutinho's their best player. So yeah, they I mean, need to do everything they can to hold on to him. I mean,
1: there's always that question mark on Coutinho because he seems to get injured you know, almost every season. But Liverpool doesn't seem to care. Um, they've already rejected a bid upwards to £80 million pounds, uh, for him. So, I mean, I don't even think, like, it doesn't seem like they'll ever sell, but obviously PSG's got deep pockets. Um, Money th- talks. You know, they yeah, slap $150 there's a price, million dollar price
0: tag. Yeah, around.
1: you know, there's a price for everything. Um, So I mean I think that if Liverpool is more keen on uh you know having a good season this year, they'll they'll hold on to Coutinho. But um you know if if PSG is going to offer hundred twenty million, I mean hundred hundred thirty million, up to hundred fifty million, I think that I think that is a too good of a deal to turn down. Yep, it definitely is.
0: Um, you know we're talking about big money deals. mm -hmm. There's one that Liverpool's been linked to a lot and. This is a player who I've actually been really keen on. A player is good at FIFA, actually. He's really good in FIFA. Uh, Nabi Keita from RB Leipzig. Um, Wait, you're
1: good, You're saying he's good in FIFA or he's good at FIFA? He's good in FIFA. Oh, okay. Do, do you know he's, if he's good at FIFA? Have you ever seen him play? I've or? never seen him play Okay, well, FIFA. I'm sure he's not. I'm going to
0: retract my prior
1: statement. But he's just good in FIFA.
0: But um, RB Leipzig. I'm, I'm interested
1: to find out to see if he's good at FIFA. I'm sorry. Continue. I'm going to continue. Box to box midfielder. Um he he reeks of Klopp. I mean, he everything
0: about him says Jurgen Klopp. Um defensively solid, loves to put in a tackle, high energy, great stamina, um, also really good at driving the ball forward, beating defenders, finding passes, uh finishing in the box. You know, he he gives you a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have a standout um ability, but he's just really,
1: really, really, really good at everything that he does. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this kind of like when I when I see this signing or I hear about, you know, adding him to Jurgen Klopp's team and Liverpool, uh, it kind of reminds me of uh getting Golo Kante uh last year, Chelsea getting him. Like he was perfect. People have the, the Kante effect. Exactly. Them. Yeah. You know, just that perfect signing, filling that exact void that they need. And just the perfect player for it, who's gonna work hard, and you know is like just made for that manager. Um, that's that's really what Liverpool is missing at the uh-huh. moment. Um, I mean, th- it has this has potential to be you know the signing of the of the summer. They really needed like someone as, as in that midfield position, and I think that he has the potential to offer that. He he is a clock player, and he's very young too. I
0: think he's twenty two. Mm-hmm. Getting someone like this from Liverpool's point of view, is a huge boost. Um, as a Chelsea fan, I'm very concerned if they land him because, uh-huh. like you said, he will be the signing of the season. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that he will do that either. Um, the, the, the question is, will he even make the move? Maybe, right. I mean, that's where all the politics are right now. RB Leipzig already went out, said we're not going to sell him. Um, but there's other reports coming out there Saying that, you know, they're looking somewhere between the $80 million mark, which Liverpool have already offered, but they oh. have declined. Mm-hmm. Naby Keita supposedly looks, you know, unmotivated in our training sessions. He looks like, you
1: know, he's, his mind is on, all on all the, the his move mind, His mind's on
0: mercy side. I think it's inevitable that this move goes through. I think a huge catalyst for the move would be Philippe Coutinho, whether he stays or goes. If he goes... Then Liverpool could just pay stupid money for Naby Keita right. and pick him up at a you know a really high price, and I honestly think he'll be worth it. Like I said,
1: um, but they'll but, be they'd be able to afford him even if uh, they keep Coutinho, though. I mean, I think they'll be able they're to. They're not Liverpool is not filthy rich, but they have money and putting yeah. putting eighty million towards a player like Naby Keita is, is, is an investment. I think if Jurgen Klopp is able to convince the board, uh, to the kind of impact that he will bring to this team and the importance of having a player like him, um, especially if they keep Coutinho. I mean, they could they could potentially finish above fourth place this season and actually improve. They could challenge, yeah. I they can could t- if they keep Coutinho yeah. and get Naby Keita. I think they could challenge.
0: You know, a report came out this morning saying Liverpool was uh, they ended their pursuit of Naby Keita. I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't either. think that I don't think that's the way it is either. You know, they, they also ended their pursuit of, of Virgil van Dyke. I mean, if you're a Liverpool supporter, um, or even in Liverpool's board, that's a hu- Those are two huge letdowns. You know, yeah. those are two marquee signings that people were almost banking on going into the season. And you didn't get any of them,
1: especially how how weak their defense was last year. They need they need to
0: one strengthen one of them. That. One of them is going to happen, whether it's Virgil Van Dyke or whether it's whether it's uh, Naby Keita. One of those two is going to come in. Um, both of them will be great fits at Liverpool. You know, going into our season predictions for Liverpool, like I said, it's really reliant upon whether they keep Coutinho or mm-hmm. they let Coutinho go and which player they get in terms of Van Dijk or Naby Keita coming into the club. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say they're going to challenge for top four. Um, In my honest opinion, I do think Tottenham falls out of that top four this season just because they haven't done enough with their squad. They lost Kyle Walker, so now their right wing is, is, you know, interesting to their weak spot. Um, but they didn't add any squad depth, and it's it's concerning. If you're a Tottenham supporter, it's great for me. Mm. Um, great for me too. I love it. I would I would rather have Liverpool in the top four than Tottenham.
1: I think yeah. I mean, the way they finish uh, this season, the Premier League. I mean, the next question is how they perform in the Champions League. I think no matter what they do, they're not going to contend for actual Champions League. Uh, I just don't think they're ready at this point, but. Yeah. If they, I say, I say, first round of knockout stages at best. If they're able to keep Coutinho, they're able to bring in Nabi Keita, Keita, and then they're also able to bring in a center back like Van Dyke. They have again, like, you, you you said it. They're going to probably contend for the for the title for Premier League title. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they lose Coutinho and they're not able to replace him with uh, you know another player like that. They they'll move out of the top four. They'll move out of the top five, probably. I yeah. mean, they don't have enough uh, firepower right now. As much as respect I have for Jurgen Klopp, um, you know, it's just you're not going to be able to succeed if you don't have the right type of players. You know, this is something that's not in the script, but
0: you know, we do we do kind of need to cover it. Jurgen Klopp has to deliver this year. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure, a, a ton of pressure. You know, he's been at the club for a while now, and if he doesn't deliver, you know, one trophy. I think, you know, people some people are gonna start calling for his head. So really quick song. Um before we get into our shenanigans section, mm-hmm. just a couple of quick questions. I'm gonna read them out, you give me your answer, and I'll give you my answer and we move on. Okay? Yeah. Alright, so on a scale of one to ten, how do the new Nike kids
1: look? Um they're they're getting really tight i mean they look kind of like not like you know metaphorically tight like sick like physically tight like like my nipples would be uncomfortable playing 90 minutes uh plus in a game um (laughs) you're getting into the
0: shenanigans section
1: (laughs) but the color the the color you know it's a little bit darker um i know you're not that big of a fan i don't i don't know if i dislike it it was when i first time i saw it it was like kind of just like uncomfortable because you know it's it's a di- it's just a, something different. You're not used to I'll the, get used to it, yeah. I think. It's it, you know it's a nice color but you know I'm I like the lighter hue. It's a little bit darker now. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Nothing too exciting. So, um Neymar. Would you rather see him go to PSG or stay at Barca? Um mm, I think that it, if he went to PSG, it would be a mistake. It um, would shift the whole soccer I think platform right like, now. You know, just, like it'll be the biggest transfer of the century. I think that right now he's playing that top three right there in Barcelona: Suarez, Messi, and him is one of the best of all time. Maybe arguably, that it's arguably yeah. one of the best of all time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you're playing. Show. You have a an amazing goal scorer who's just like. Has just an amazing as much nose. of a piece of shit as he yeah. is. He's, he's of course he's an amie- he's a, just a nose for scoring goals. Like I just yeah. don't know how you're just as good at it. Yeah. He has and a then tooth have, for scoring goals. <laughs> it's in his tooth. Yeah. Uh, and then you have arguably the greatest person to ever you know touch a soccer ball and Messi, mm-hmm. um, still in a, still in his that. prime. And you are coming up and have Future. the potential to be one of the best players, if not the best player in the yeah. world. Um, Why the fuck would PSG you has some talent, but you know, you're playing alongside Cavani, uh, like, he's gonna, he's gonna go from Suarez, Messi and Iniesta to Cavani,
0: Draxler and Di Maria. Di Maria and I old, mean, it's, it's not, and, it's and still, it's a good, te- it's
1: a good team, but I mean, when you look at the history of Barcelona, that, that team, like I, I don't, I'm not a Barcelona fan at all. Um, I support Real Madrid out of those two. But um, I think that this this has potential to be one of the greatest, like, front three of all time. And it would just be a mistake for Neymar yeah. to go based off of, you know, just some arguments total, or misunderstandings. Total mistake. I, I
0: I honestly can't agree with you more. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to go and pursue Ballon d'Or over Champions League glory. Yeah. That's, you know, La Liga glory.
1: Like, there's no glory in winning League One. Like, there there really isn't yeah it's either psg or monaco yeah. and then there's everything everything is just a step down below that yeah. that's pretty marseille, much marseille yeah. lille that's it i mean they're i mean if he goes to
0: psg to be fair no, to him like yeah he has Verratti. yeah they have marquinhos like 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 they have really yeah it's it's Thiago not Thiago silva they, they have, have a lot of talent of course they have solid pieces but like they're not barcelona you people dream of playing at barcelona and he's taking it for granted and to be honest I like Neymar as a player. I think he's on top of his game. He's probably the funnest player to watch in the world for mm-hmm. me personally. But, like, I'm losing a lot of respect for him here. Like, you're really letting your dad dictate your life. His dad's his agent. Yeah. For those of you that don't know. But, like, he's really letting his dad dictate his life. And you're going to go pursue individual accolades over team accolades. I mean, that's enough to lose
1: my respect. Yeah, that's pretty selfish. I mean, you know, I just, you know, I think the history by itself of playing at Barcelona alongside... One of the greatest of all time if not the greatest of all time and then being able to become the next guy there yeah. um is just like an opportunity that every player would probably want yeah. and the fact and he's there and he has it and he's throwing it away yeah but just because he doesn't a- want to play second fiddle the greatest player arguably to ever touch the ball well oh
0: third question and this is a uh, this this is one that caused a lot of controversy between Chelsea fans Gary Cahill named the new captain mm-hmm. um, i like the move a lot of people are saying like why is Gary Cahill the captain he shouldn't even be in our starting 11 Gary Cahill basically captained our team last year and we won a Premier League title so yeah. all those people could shut the hell up for all i care
1: i mean is there another player that's that's like on our starting 11 that's played for Chelsea longer i mean he's i think he's no, been there the longest so yeah. I mean, I think he has the pedigree to do it. He's played at a consistent level. He's been one of the top uh, center backs for a long time. And then, yeah. you know, it's hard. Obviously, you can't replace JT. But you know He's doing that a role. Damn good job. Yeah, but I mean, you know, having that your center back be your captain, you know, the 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 stopper right there is, you know, it, it's it's nice. I mean, I think the only other two good shouts
0: for center back on that team, and one of them got named vice captain, is Dave.
1: Yeah, and he, he deserves did. that. And he I mean, deserves I, it. David Luiz is maybe another one, maybe even Sesk. I think I think if anyone would get it besides Cahill, it would be Dave. Um and I would like that. But um if people are upset about or like not liking like the move of making Gary Cahill captain, I mean I think they should just get over it. Like Yeah, seriously, get not, over it. Yeah, like, it's not This is this is one thing that really pisses me off in general is people
0: take Gary Cahill for granted yeah. so much. I oh, mean, yeah, he played on one leg in a Champions League final. David Luiz played on in, on one leg in a yeah. Champions League final too. But like he's won a Champions League with us, so he's won everything there is to win with us. Yeah, he's been loyal. He sacrifices his body more than anyone else on the pitch. Um, he just like he he's your ideal captain. Like it does. It seems like he does nothing wrong in the dressing room. Sure, he has an odd mistake in him. Sure, he has you no. Know, a terrible game, but yeah he bounces back, he regained Conte's faith. he played in a very unfamiliar role this last season on a left hand side of a back
1: three, which he's never done in his life. you got you gotta give the guy credit. I think you know Gary Cahill being the big strong guy that he is. And he always has his teammates back. Whenever someone makes a dirty foul, he's always the first one he has to get a cool, in He has a very space. cool
0: head as well. Yeah. I mean, so, how many I mean, times have
1: we seen him sent off or, you know, starting, you know, yeah, an unnecessary yeah, squabble? But he or. always has his players back. And I think that having that kind of player as your captain is a great thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I should just ask you the shenanigans question. I mean, you kind of eased into it, but <laughs> here we go. So, um, I don't think our jerseys are that tight. Uh, okay. But I do think there could be some nipple
1: chafing going on, potentially, right? If you if you look at the progression over the past couple of years and how year after year it's getting tighter and tighter, it may not be this year or next year, but the year after that. I mean, these we might have to start, you know, taping our nipples. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be buying these jerseys. You know, I wear I wear XL, sometimes double XL. I'm going to have to buy triple XL. You know, just to not get that nipple to, action. Yeah, just to save my nips from that chafing action. But looking at all the other Premier
0: League clubs and, mm. you know, their new kits, I see so much more nipple chafing going on. I oh, think yeah. I think the two like most obvious nipple chafers and I'm really glad one of them got promoted back to the Premier League, Newcastle. Oh yeah, has some beautiful nipple chafing jerseys going on. And the other one is Arsenal, which isn't a surprise because they're all a little feminine, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. So but the good thing about the Arsenal jersey is that if it chafes too much and their nipples start bleeding, it'll just blend in with the color of their jersey. So that's that's true. I think I think, true. I think that's the whole point of it, you know. Yeah, it right. actually blends into the to the shield on their jersey. The like, jerseys do yeah. look like that time of month, huh? <laughs> I think that's actually how their original logo was was dyed. You know, back yeah. in the day. What's like worse than years. shit? Uh,
0: that time of month. Okay, let's make our jerseys that color. We're going to suck this season. Look, if you're going to be a team that's just going to be, you know, in perpetual fifth place for the rest of eternity, substandard football with substandard players, a substandard manager, substandard, damn, I'm going in right now. But I don't really care. But you deserve to have that ugly-ass red color, right? Yeah. And those nipple-chafing jerseys. I agree with you 100%. So do you think that's a good place to end it before we get any more violent? Um, Who, who's your number one nipple chafing jersey of the season? I mean, I already said Newcastle and Arsenal for me, just because. I think Arsenal
1: definitely is the number one for me. Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, because I think because I I genuinely think that the players requested their nipples to be chafed. I mean, they have they have the type of players to kind you of know, want that. I feel the,
0: the Tottenham jerseys last year were pretty nipple chafing. Yeah, but those jerseys seemed to work out for them because they had a decent season.
1: I can see, you know, I'm, I'm
0: well that ends episode six um thank you guys for listening um again we really really appreciate all the love and support we're getting it's been awesome it's been really honestly so humbling and incredible um feel free to keep continuing to give us you know um positive criticism ask us questions if you want us to cover something in a show tweet at us Um, if you have a funny shenanigans question even better um you could reach us at romans empire pod on twitter or uh romans Empire
1: Pod at gmail dot com please feel free to hit us up. saw you have anything else to say uh I mean, I just wanted to reemphasize that the communities that we've been posting on uh the chelsea f c uh, subreddit, Sorry. and we ain't got no history uh, over at s b nation uh they've been very supportive of us, letting us share our podcast with them, and you know they've got a lot of great feedback, so definitely check those guys out yeah, a lot of good material there so until, uh, actually, we're off
0: next week. Yeah. Um. But until the week after, the week before the season starts, keep the blue flag flying high.